Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Michael Abernathy in the newsroom at the Times News, and I'm with reporter Jessica Williams, who went to the Rally for Respect in Raleigh yesterday. So I asked Jessica to come in and talk a little bit about what she saw and what she heard. So thanks, Jessica. Yeah, thank you. So uh, I didn't get to Raleigh until about 2.30. And by that point, the teachers had already been there for almost five hours because it started at uh, 10 a.m. And they marched from the NCAE building to the legislature because they wanted to be in the hallways when the General Assembly opened. Mm -hmm. So by the time I got there, they'd already been there for a pretty long time out in the heat and the on and off rain. Um, And for having gone through all that, they were still very energetic and still really pumped and excited to be part of what many of them called a historic moment. And leading up to it, we know that a total of 598 teachers requested the day off. Um, And that's Alamance Burlington Schools. Yes. And that is a total count of time off requests. Just personal leave was around 400. Uh, So we're assuming there were about 400 teachers there. I mainly hung out with a group of about 25 that came over on a bus that was organized by someone in the community. And... um, so Tara Raggett was kind of the leader there. She is with Alamance for Ed. Um, so she was kind of the leader that I talked to at first. And then I spoke to Medora Burke-Skoll, who is a teacher at Eastern Alamance High School. And she is with the Alamance Burlington chapter of the NCAE. Um, the president of that is Erica Johnson, and she was there as well. So they were kind of my main points of contact for how the march is going, and they all thought it was going really well. As far as what will actually come out of it, we'll have to wait until the summer legislative session to see what yeah. changes are made. But it seemed like they were pretty confident and feeling optimistic about being heard by the lawmakers. Tell me a little bit about your day. So you, you, I know you rushed out of here yesterday to get down there after do, finishing other stories and doing other work. Where did where did you have to park and what was just getting into the Capitol like? So I'm a naturally anxious person, so I was panicking all day <laughs> about traffic and parking. Traffic was as I expected it to be. It took me about an hour and a half to actually get to Raleigh from here. Um, and I was stuck in a, in a backup for quite a while. But once I actually got into the city, they had, uh, I think, about like two blocks marked off mm-hmm. so that cars weren't coming through as teachers were walking across the street. And I ended up in Grant too far away from there. And parking was actually really easy. I think for as many teachers as were there yesterday, mm-hmm. it all flowed very smoothly. And how many teachers teachers do you think were there? I heard estimates that they expected 15,000. I heard some people last night say it could have been more like 20. But I mean, what have you heard? I'm terrible about guessing based on sight, but I've also heard 15,000. And that would not surprise me if there was more. Um, When I actually got to the rally for respect, I went out into the middle of the crowd. And I mean, it was just a sea of red because they were all wearing red Mm T-shirts for hashtag red for Ed. And everywhere you looked, there was red. There were so many teachers there. What was it like when you 
first saw them or first heard them. I'm trying to think the last time I was in that many people for, for a specific purpose. And I can't tell you. Yeah. I mean, they, they definitely had a presence. And, um, when Roy Cooper got up on stage, I mean, the roar (laughs) that came out of the crowd when he started talking was just crazy. I mean, it probably shook the buildings. It was so loud. And, as I was walking through the crowd, uh, I heard one of the teachers say something like, well, seventh period just ended as they were <laughs> looking at their watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they all seemed like they were in a great mood and just happy to be surrounded by fellow educators and, mm-hmm. and part of this movement. What did you hear from local teachers about why they were there, what they wanted uh, to accomplish? I know the criticism is just, well, of course they want more money. Who doesn't want more money? And their paycheck, and I wish they'd stop whining. But it seems to be more than that. It's not just about the paycheck. Yeah, definitely. And that's actually one of the things that many of the teachers I talked to said is that the paycheck is not even their first priority. Um, for Medora Burke Skull, she teaches science at Eastern. So her first priority is equipment and resources because right now that's coming out of her pocket. In order to give these kids the labs that they need to actually have hands on experiences and actually mm-hmm. learn the material, she's having to buy things herself. Um, I think she said that her allotment only pays for 10% of what she actually needs. Yeah. An allotment. That's. That's odd to me. I, I, so for people yeah. listening now, I used to teach. I taught for um, a year and a half in Gaston County schools, and I couldn't complain about my paycheck and didn't really because I was fresh out of college and was just happy to live and get by. But I did spend a good bit of money on pencils, pens, paper. Yeah, paper you know, seems any, to be a big one. Anytime we wanted to do anything not reading a book, or writing a paper, it seemed like I had to go and and find the money to to do that, which is fine. I wanted to do that, but it would have been nice if if there was more, if there was a, a school stock where I could have gone and yeah. and gotten things. So I'm getting us off track, but um, is there an allotment? Yeah, apparently so. And I I think with kids today, especially with shortening attention spans, you can't just go off of watching YouTube videos of someone doing a chemistry lab. You you have to actually do it. Otherwise, they're not going to remember any of it and they're not going to be engaged. Well, that's the whole point of being in school. Anyway, I can sit home and watch a YouTube video. Right, yeah. I can't... It's not like we had great experiments in science class after elementary or junior high or whenever, but we had them. And I, I remember them, and I remember what I learned yeah. from those labs doing that. So equipment and... and yeah, so there were um, five main things that the NCAE laid out um, as being requests from teachers. And I'm going to try and remember them off of the top of my head. Uh, I know the first one was an increase in per-pupil spending. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one was a, a professional payment plan, and they wanted to... And the, the the phrase they used was flatlining of experienced educators' salaries. So I guess once you mm-hmm. reach a certain point, then you stop ever getting raises. So they want an end to that. They want an increase in school nurses and social workers. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe an expansion to Medicaid was also in that bullet point. And the other two I'm totally blanking on right now. Maybe they'll come to me in a minute. Okay. <laughs> The um, nurses and social workers, 
I didn't expect to hear that. I mean, a school nurse. Right. Um, yeah. I just think of that as being a band aid station. But what? What? Have you heard anything about what teachers need and what they want? No, not really. And I actually wasn't aware that that was a problem. It's not something that I've heard about mm-hmm. with ABSS. Um, I, the social worker makes sense to me in, yeah, in right. the broader talk about mental health and schools being the place um, where kids, I guess, have the most uh, contact with the, the most contact with services. Yeah. So we can really reach kids maybe in a way that we can't. And that's um, more of what I've heard about with ABSS. I've definitely heard the mental health piece, but I've not heard any sort of complaints about not having school nurses. Okay. And I know one of the other bullet points I told you would come to me um, was a uh, statewide school construction bond to start helping fix these issues with facilities. Mm -hmm. And the last one, I know what it is. Ah, good. Um, An end to corporate tax cuts and promise to prioritize public public education in general is what it was. All right. So, yeah, the corporate tax cuts because they're saying – that money could go to schools. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's go back to the rally. What, what are some of the things that you overheard? You mentioned that one teacher, say, the make a remark about seventh period. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the things you just overheard in the crowd? Well, it was hard to hear in general because there were just so many people there. Mm-hmm. Um, when Cooper got up on stage, I-, I couldn't actually make out anything that he was saying because we were so far away from the center. I mean, to to be close to the stage, I think you would have had to have gotten there at like 11 a.m. and just mm-hmm. stood there for hours because yeah. um, th- there were just so many people. <laughs> um, so I was just mainly hanging out with the ABSS teachers and talking to them. They just kept reiterating how excited they were um, to have this support. And uh, Tara Raggett actually told me when I first got there that she had a picture on her phone of these students that she saw when they arrived that were holding signs um, supporting their teachers and that there were actually students from ABSS who had come to Raleigh to support their teachers. And they were really moved by that. Mm -hmm. And Tara was like, we saw that and we just thought, oh my gosh, that's for us. Um, so there was just like a general excitement and, and feeling of being actually supported by Mm -hmm. the community. I think, uh, teachers so much is heaped upon them. It's so easy to feel overwhelmed and probably alone. You know, you have your clutch of teacher friends at your school that you rely on and they lean on each other. Um, But demoralization, I think, is a is a big issue in the classroom for for teachers. But it had to be uplifting to be together uh, and to feel that kind of unity. And uh, Medora actually told me that they do advocacy day every year so that they do this annually Mm -hmm. Um, but this is the first time that something this big has happened on advocacy day and she was saying that last year they had about three abss educators um, outside the legislature ready to talk to representatives and this year there were close to 50 so just her experience having seen the difference between last year and this year i mean she was just blown away what do you think has changed uh politically so I, I asked her that question. I was like, what do you think has happened to, to make this switch? And she just said, I think we're really fed up. <laughs> and I think um, 
the political climate right now, teachers feel optimistic in their ability to make change and they're just ready. They're, mm-hmm. they're fired up and they're, they're ready to make those changes. Did anyone mention West Virginia or, um, or Arizona? Yeah, she did mention those. And she said that that's definitely part of it, but that this is kind of a better way of going about things. So not a strike. Right. Did anybody talk about the possibility of a teacher strike? No, and I don't think that that's something that they would go for. Uh, I think they're going to keep just reaching out to representatives and and trying to be heard. Um, But right now, I don't think a strike is in the future. Okay. Any funny signs or witty, clever? Oh, there were a lot. I was watching photos come over through the Associated Press yesterday, and there was one. It was this tiny little sign, and it said, my outrage won't fit on the sign. (laughs) Uh, Let me pull it up. Okay. So... um, I've got a couple of signs that someone actually tweeted at me. Uh, One of them says, let's talk personal time. If teachers just worked an eight-hour day, your child would get no papers graded, no letters of recommendation, no tutoring, no school concerts or plays, no parent emails answered, no classroom organization, no lesson plans, and no one-on-one time. Uh, Another one Uh, was all in red and had the Avengers symbol on it. And it said, Advocacy Day, more heroes assembled than Infinity War. (laughs) I hope it didn't end the same way as Infinity War. No spoilers. No spoilers, sorry. Um, Another one said, uh, If you keep hurting education, more signs will look like this. And it's all misspelled. That one was really funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Education is spelled... E-D-U-K-A-T-O-N. Let's see what this last one is. Uh, My class is going to party like it's 1999 because that's when our textbooks were published. (laughs) (laughs) So those are all good. Yeah, there were a lot of really great signs. Yeah. Obviously, the two of us, it's pretty clear to anybody listening, we are pro-education and pro-schools. But if we can, reel back a little bit Mm -hmm. and take a look at the other side. I mean, what about the the budget constraints and things that we haven't studied but i guess just playing devil's advocate to all this what what do you so i talked to tara about this and she had actually spoken with dennis riddell over the phone a couple weeks ago preparing for this day and um she she said um that it was but i'm gonna pause right there uh just to say that dennis riddell is one of Alamance County's state representatives, and he's a Republican, and I believe he lives in the southern part of Alamance County. But uh, go ahead, Jessica. So she spoke to him, she said, for an hour, and she said it was like he pulled a Republican Jedi mind trick on her, um, giving her all of these uh, arguments against raising teacher pay and per-pupil spending, um, saying that uh, that has all been raised incrementally over the last few years, However, they're not taking into account inflation and increased enrollment. So even though those things have been increased, it's not making much of a difference. So we are, at the best, her argument is we're staying level. Yeah. We're maybe keeping up. And Pretty at much. worst, we're, we're falling behind if enrollment is going up. Yes. And another thing that they mentioned at the rally was that Uh, lawmakers did decrease class sizes, which is positive, 
but they didn't follow that up with more funding to be able to provide more teachers. So it just ended up putting the schools in a pickle. Mm -hmm. And they finally had to kind of put the brakes on that a little bit, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go back to her term of Jedi mind trick or something. (laughs) Uh, What did she mean by that? It's just politics, I think. They're so used to having these conversations that they know exactly what to say. And I think if you're a teacher and you're not prepared for that and you don't come armed with facts, then it's very easy for them to persuade you into thinking that you don't have ground to stand on Mm -hmm. when it comes to this. Because a lot of people, there's a lot of pushback against uh, education spending and education funding because it already is such a large part of the state budget. I mean, it really is. Yeah. Um, I think it is the largest. And if it's not the largest, it's number two or something behind. Yeah, sure. I wish that there were an easy answer. Yeah, I know. know? Um, Where we could just snap our fingers and everything could go back to being adequately funded at at status quo and I use the word adequately funded assuming that it's inadequately funded uh, but also having lived in that world 15 years ago right uh, I, I recall hurdles even then and yeah. that was before inflation and before the recession and yeah and uh, as I was talking to one of the other teachers they were saying that the NCAE is a union that's not a union so you don't really have the weight that real unions have right and you just end up asking nicely please do the right thing over and over honestly what is next everybody's kind of in a wait and see mode so what is next just waiting for the summer legislative session and then i don't know what they'll do after that i guess they'll they'll see i asked Tara Raggett if she felt like their concerns were finally being heard by lawmakers and she said they haven't been heard for the last several years and we'll see if this is what finally makes the change. The teachers were really happy that schools were closed on May 16th because it looked like for a while ABSS might be one of the only districts surrounding Raleigh that were going to stay open and there was some conversation at the May 8th Board of Education work session that maybe teachers were afraid to request off. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that's true because after I wrote an article about that um, with Superintendent Bill Harrison's quote saying, if teachers are afraid to request off, then I've failed as a superintendent. Um, The request came flooding in. It went from 137 to 598. Wow. Yeah. In less than a week. So, yeah, I think some teachers had some apprehension about requesting off. But, I mean, the board was very supportive and it seemed like the superintendent was very supportive as well. So they were just happy to have ABSS behind them in making their voices heard. All right. Well, thanks, Jessica. Thanks for talking about what you saw. No problem. Thanks everybody for listening. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.